We are back. Welcome to Smash and Grab Comics. I'm JP. This is Tyler. Who is now sickly. Yeah. He got the AIDS. Um, <laughs> yep. Dirty needles. Yeah. And, dirty needles and stuff. And it's, uh, that, that used to be my nickname in high school. Uh, dirty needles? Dirty really? needles. No. Yeah. No. For real? No. Okay. Thank God. No, it's like, for real? <laughs> I don't know who I'm consorting with. That would be awful. That would be awful. <laughs> uh, we are back this week. Uh, chock full of goodies. One. Mm. Uh, we'll get to it. Uh, I don't know, man. Let, let's set um, that aside for yeah. a little bit. We do have a, a big heaping helping plate of good indie books this week. Yeah. Uh, Kill the Mantor, issue number four. Dark Ark, issue number one. Snot Girl, issue number what? Six? Seven. Seven. Oh, man. I didn't get a chance to read that one, but um, there's big news that we have to talk about for some other books. Yeah. And then uh, Alien Toilet Monsters, issue number one, yeah. is also featured on the show this week. So what do you want to get into first, man? Let's uh, talk about Snot Girl because uh, it's fresh in my mind. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to read this one, but it is one of my, uh, my one of my current favorite ongoing series. Yeah, well, Lottie is still trying to figure out who's stalking her. Of course, um, and it's that police guy, right? Yeah, yeah, um, because she thinks there was a murder in a past episode where she accidentally killed somebody. Right. With her pills and yeah. alcohol was happening. Yeah, and the girl slipped and hit her face, and then there. Then she's then Lottie passed out. Well, yeah. anyway, the person who cleaned it all up is stalking her now. And um, Lottie's trying to... Dottie, Lottie, I don't know her Lottie, yeah. Lottie. She is trying to integrate her um, old friends that she had nicknames for them all, you know? Yes. Uh, with her new uh, BFF that she thinks is Cool Girl. Yeah, uh, Cool Girl. Cool Girl. Uh, you know what's funny? This book is so girlish and it's very it feminine i mean it's all about fashion and and um blogging and and a lot of the uh, text is all in like text talk you know yeah ttyl and you know yep. lol and brb things like that yeah comes across it, it is a fun book yeah it's very fun um you know the story is so so i don't i don't uh, have anything great to say about it it's just a, another good uh, snot girl story at least haven't really fleshed out what's going to be happening in this arc yet no because in the first arc it ended on a big cliffhanger that one girl slipped off the uh, the railing of the building yeah like, fell yep and then it kind of ended and they haven't even really discussed that well she is um in the hospital oh okay recovering so, so they're reco- so they're talking about it in this book then yes good okay um Addressing it. So somebody, you know, a guy comes into the hospital and says, who is she? And the doctor answers, she's a very lucky young lady. <laughs> in classic doc fashion. Yeah. If that tree hadn't broke her fall, she'd be flat as a pancake, he said. Ah, uh, of course. And then she goes, pancake? I want one. <laughs> I, want, I want pancakes. <laughs> yeah. I like pancakes. Yeah. Um, so it, it's pretty cool. Um you know, I've always liked it. It's just a fun, you know, read. You know, we read some pretty heavy stuff, pretty gnarly, uh, stuff. gnarly, gory stuff. Sometimes some pretty difficult uh, stuff to get through, trying to understand what it's about. And this is just usually just fun, straightforward 
silliness, you know? With a little bit of flavor of mystery in there as well. Yep. So, yep. So, a good venture into the next story arc, but just haven't hit its stride yet into what I, it wants to tell. Yeah, you know, this is the second issue of this arc. Yes. And um, it's just starting to pick up and ramp by the end of this book. Okay. You know, um, the boyfriend of the girl who went over the ledge, he's feeling really guilty that he wasn't there to catch her, he says, you know. <laughs> what are you going to be doing, waiting down the bottom of a skyscraper? Right. Uh, she, so she's um, going back to the scene of the crime, if if uh, it can be called a crime. Uh, the incident. Yeah. That's what HR calls it. Yep. The incident. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I dug it. It's a good issue, John. You should pick it up. Or, I will. or at least read it. I'll definitely get to it. You know, she's having some flashbacks, though, of when she did walk in on Cool Girl um smacking her face and bleeding all over the bathroom because she was the girl that walked in oh sure and so she's having some uh flashbacks she passes out um kind of faints probably from her current injuries and and all of a sudden remembering a traumatic incident that happened um she still doesn't really know herself very much she's just bits and pieces are coming back to her okay so and then all the while lottie is trying to integrate like i said her her groups of friends into this new into this new clique that she has yep yeah it's a fun book that balances out just um modern girl troubles but also uh there is a lot of mystery in this book and a lot of fun uh scott pilgrim's creator uh uh, he wrote this book it's his next kind of brainchild so if you're into scott yeah brian leo malley uh the only thing that is you know kind of bugging me is that it's only a couple issues a year yeah uh, of this book and so i kind of forget what's going on uh this is the second issue we've got this year i don't know maybe we'll get a third one before christmas but god i hope so <laughs> it is a good book though the first story arc was really great you can pick up the trade paperback at 9.99 yeah uh it's a great introductory price uh image does a great job with those yep and uh snot girl issue number seven keeps trucking along kind of failing to hit its stride yet but building building the blocks i'd say i'd say so yeah okay uh i mean it's gonna be one i pick up i I like this book me too and the story the first storyline was really good and um you know like we said brian lee o'malley does the script and leslie hung does the visual it says visual right here uh visual instead of art art yeah so i I really like it It, yeah it, it looks cool it's very I don't know. I keep using the word cartoony, but it's kind of manga style. Yeah, it, it does have an anime look to it. Uh, big, uh, big eyes, little mouths. Yep. So, but I do like the book, and um, I will definitely get issue number seven. But you know what? Scott Pilgrim had that vibe to it too. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? And uh, so you would say hard to jump into from issue six and seven. Get issue or get the first trade. Yeah, I, I would say get, so too. Get though. the first trade um, for sure because. There's a lot of little things that you pick up about Lottie's character. She's super insecure. She um, has groups of friends that she kind of compartmentalizes them and going, this is the drama girl. This is the uh, cute girl. More, this is my cool friend. You yeah, know? and they're more like frenemies, you know? Oh, yeah, they hate each other. It's a, it's a girl drama book, but it, it is a fun read. Yeah. And uh, Snack Girl, uh, the title throws off a lot of people because it's like, ew, Snack Girl. Yeah. Um, I know they do have dollar reprints of this that you can pick up for a buck. So if you can cool. find a place that has them, uh, pick up the first issue for a dollar. You should be hooked after that. Uh, or you can just, like I said, pick up the trade, nine ninety nine. Yeah. and get in on that. Snot Girl is one that I think uh, will gain a cult following. 
I hope so. I think uh, it will. Because, yeah, I'm going to go back and read up to this point again because I feel like I'm just kind of missing something. Maybe missing it just because you haven't read this, that other stuff in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, I hear you. Especially all the way back to the first issue. Well, and with a book that comes out so infrequently, it is tough to keep up when we read so many other things and right. just get involved with other things in life. Um they kind of uh, on the cover it kind of looks like it's a fashion magazine where it says I I assume this means spring summer yes uh, 2017 and so um, I'm sure we'll see the fall winter catalog pretty soon exactly for that issue I do love the covers though I think that is one of the strongest things about this book is the art and the way that Lottie is drawn yeah Um, she's a very alluring character yeah Um, in terms of artistically she's very beautifully rendered um and they do a great job of that. I do like the art. I think the art is probably one of the highlights of that book. Yeah. She dyes her hair green. Um, it's kind of her thing on, on the internet where she does her blog. Uh, people know her by her hair. Um, and then it's called Snot Girl because when she gets upset, it is a huge snotty mess. It's just Yeah, gross. And she's got really, really, really bad allergies. So yep. um, she takes pills for it. And these pills have kind of adverse effects. Yeah. They lead her to think that things that happened didn't happen in the way they happened. Yeah. So in the first story arc, you don't really know if she actually like murdered a girl. Yeah. But it turns out it was, it was just most a, likely an accident. It turns out it was an accident, and the girl's still alive. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's she, the fun mystery. She remembers it as it was this huge bloody mess. Yeah. And the girl's telling her. No, I hit my face. I bled a little bit. You yeah, know. I was fine. Yeah. Yeah, you don't remember much. You were pretty drunk that night kind of thing. Yeah. It's, but it is fun. I like it. Yep. Yeah, it's a good, uh, good issue. So it's not girl issue number seven. Pick up the first story arc and uh, get in on the new stuff. I think this would be a fun TV show. Actually. I'll bet you CW could really rock that out. That's what I was thinking, too. You know? Yeah, I mean, they're doing Riverdale right now. So Yeah. Taking the Archie. Is stuff. it any good? I haven't seen it because I don't have cable, but I hear lots of great things. And the Riverdale comic does extremely well. Yeah. Uh, sells out every time. People love it. And uh, I think people are just fans of teen drama. And yeah. I mean, what better way to do a, a different spin on teen drama than to throw Archie into it and bring him into college? And he has, you know, yeah, I he mean, has a Facebook. And a, you Archie know I mean? is still going strong. And it's really funny because this year's free comic book day had a Betty and Veronica free comic book. And my wife... Your wife hated it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were in the store. She grabbed it. We went home, and we lay in bed and read comic books at night. You know? Yeah. Uh, some people have TV shows. We read comics. Uh, and literally, she was just... Her face is getting more and more disgusted as she's turning pages. Her eyes are bulging. <laughs> and then she just literally just did this kind of drop the mic thing, except she dropped it in the garbage can. And I was like... <laughs> And I was like, you know, if that wasn't from Free Comic Book Day, I'd be really upset you treated it like that. You know, <laughs> but it's not—it's not a book aimed at, at her uh, in terms of demographic. You no, know what I mean? no, it's not at all. And it's she was not your old Archie. No, and that's—I think she was hoping for that Betty and Veronica with their drama. You know, yep. who, who gets Archie kind of thing, and yeah. who gets Jughead. It's definitely not that—not uh, that anymore. So. No. Cool. Um, um, dark Arc. You want to move on? To dark Arc. I do. Colin Bunn's new. I just like saying Dark Arc. Dark Arc. Dark Arc. Uh, Colin Bun, Cullen Bun, I should say. Yes, Cullen Bun and Juan Doe. Uh, that's kind of funny. It's like a, it, a Spanish John Doe. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's a great. It's got to be a pseudonym, but I love it, Juan Doe. Juan Doe. Uh, Dark Arc. I did get a chance to read. It was intriguing. I yep. wouldn't say awesome, but I would say intriguing. Oh yeah, I, uh, I definitely. My interest is peaked. I wasn't. 
yeah. blown away by the end of it because no, but it was nothing good. really happened. Yeah, it is a lot of storytelling, a lot of world building, which I like. Yeah. Um, maybe to a fault in this book, though, just because of how kind of haphazardly it's told. Yeah. Uh, you know, the book starts off with, uh, we're in the flood, the great flood, the biblical biblical flood of Noah's Ark. And uh, it comes opens up with uh, the world is, in, you know, encompassed with water. Yep. Uh, there's a great scene of a city underneath the water. The lightning's crashing. There's human bodies just floating everywhere. And then uh, the next page, there's this giant arc boom yeah you know we're uh supposedly supposed to be thinking that this is noah's ark however uh, if you're th- thinking this, that this one is noah's oh yeah, uh, see, yeah the, the first one yeah yep. the, the first one we're seeing because he's got elephants on the on board yeah and then he's like you know patting them and like easy now it's just the rain blah 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 uh, and then um this giant harpy looking thing comes swooping in mm-hmm. spying on them basically yep checking on him yeah Yeah. it's weird it's cool though because he's like you know the rain plays lots of tricks on us he's like just a trick and then he sees that creature flying in the distance and it's uh it's a harpy um a mythical creature and then after that we're uh jumped to this new arc that is very demonic looking i love it very dark looking i love the the skull and horns uh yep uh, right on front at the front of it yeah and then uh turns out this uh harpy was checking in on noah's arc and um i didn't catch this character's name that's in this arc i can't remember as like Dawson or something like that yeah it is not i'm not huge on biblical history i don't know if that's an actual person maybe i I don't know i was gonna look it up but that name didn't roll off the tongue very well but yeah and it's telling him that you know um that uh, that noah's arc is still intact um everything's good there um however the harpies are getting hungry <laughs> yeah and they're they're really looking to feast upon uh noah's noah's, noah's uh, flock yeah and he this leader basically tells him hey if they die we die exactly uh if they don't make it we don't make it so yeah there is some kind of symbiotic relationship there that noah and his people have to make it through this flood for this dark arc to make it as well yeah yeah and uh but yeah they come kind of back and forth they're kind of bantering about um hunting and eating and they're hungry and um uh so it's kind of cool and then um we're moving on to this guy's family coming on board Uh and um it, it just is cool to know that this guy's got a little bit of a family and he's not an innocent man but he's he's a man that's condemned in yeah. one way shape or another yeah. and it's just something that he's kind of ha- he's forced to do it's his lot in life um and he's you know kind of the ringleader of all these supernatural creatures mm-hmm. um because then if you go to the next page it's got this double page spread of the interior of his yeah, and this arc. Is cool it's got and, dragons and werewolves and, and minotaurs this and huge frost giant looking thing yeah um i mean you could look at this page for a little while and pick out i mean there's like a little wispy guy yep. in, you know and then uh werewolf over here on the right yep there's a werewolf there there's goblins um there's uh things that look like cthulhu there's things yep. that are very alien and foreign looking yep. uh there's uh unicorns here the unicorns are like we do not belong yeah <laughs> I love that line. I think yep. that's great. Uh, and then there's like this weird like snake Medusa type looking person. Yeah. Um, who is not happy that he's down there. And uh, they're all hungry. You know, they're all in this arc yep. with nothing to really do. And they're all evil creatures or uh, unnatural creatures, really, as they're kind of mentioned later in the book. But uh, he comes up to the uh, 
the unicorns and saying, you know, why so glum? Stop being so, uh, you know, down. Yeah. You know, you guys should be proud because you're the unicorns. You're unicorns you know, you should be proud. And uh, around here, we eat the weak. So you better not show any signs of weakness or you're dead. Or you're out. Thing. So, uh, and yeah, it's 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 a real balancing act down here in, in the dark arc yep. of uh, the food chain is uh, a very fragile system in this you know if, if you show weakness you're gonna get eaten so. yeah and uh one of the main um antagonists here is uh this griffin who okay they have human captives in the ark which and, are going to be sacrifices apparently at one point yep so yep and so this griffin really wants to eat them but you know he's got orders not to yeah and he keeps bugging them i think he gets pleasure off of just the human human suffering kind of thing yeah and he comes down to where they're locked up and uh this girl is like you know you you shouldn't be down here showing your teeth and just being mean to us like it isn't right it's cruel he's like cruel cruel is my name it's spelled k-r-u-u-l so that's kind of cool and yeah i love that too and they they and they call cruel cruel yeah exactly they uh, call cruel cruel and uh he's very self-absorbed he's a mystical creature so he always refers to himself in the per- first person you know his lion body is cool but his wings are like you know kind of demonic bat wings yes and uh i like this uh version of you know the classical um what did i just call him I think he's a manticore, actually. Manticore, okay. Yeah, yeah. I called him a... You should call him a griffin. Griffin. That's a bird. A yeah. bird with, like, a lion body. Okay. Yeah, this with is wings. a lion. This is more of a lion with... Scorpion wi- tail. Scorpion and tail. Wings. <laughs> wings. Badass. Yeah, Love it. It's cool. Um, and then right before he is getting fed up with some of these human sacrifices, one of the main character's family members who's ready to feed the, the prisoners their food, he comes in, he's like, that's enough. Or she says, that's enough, cruel. Go back to you know the the down below you know right where you belong you know quit terrorizing these people and he's just like they're cattle you know why well, i don't understand why we have to be subjected to this you know being in confined in these spaces right so there's a really tense situation happening here and there's a, a like i said a delicate balancing act that has to go on between all these evil creatures our main character and his family yep and um the main character who's uh the head of this arc this dark arc has a fragile alliance with them you know if he 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 is their leader but on thin ice you know at yep. any point th- this could explode it's oh a, yeah it's it, a powder keg there could be a definite revolution going on yeah and he's got this deal with the devil yep you know um if if you make this arc for me i'll protect you from the unnatural creatures and the unnatural creatures can't touch you or your family but you know again it's based on an honor system really at any time this could blow up yeah so. he uh devil j- definitely wants these creatures to survive though oh yeah and, absolutely because um, his life is dependent on it i mean um in the book that we're going to talk about here in a moment um there's this deal that the devil makes with him yep but uh moving forward in the story here before we get to that uh the the deal and the devil um the manticore goes back to where he needs to be and uh that weird kind of medusa looking s creature i don't know what to call him but he's he's alien looking well weird, the strange. top half is alien and then the body is mostly snake yeah, like a snake and then yeah i don't know but he's getting fed up down there he wants to eat um our main 
character's family member who comes to she's coming to feed them yep so he wants to eat her uh he must have some mystical powers of like uh siren because he said i can sing her a lullaby and she'll fall you know into my spell and yep uh, the manticore isn't having any of it he's a roar and pins him down and bites his tail mm-hmm. and you know is basically telling telling him that you know you can't be throwing your weight around here and um that guy's not having it either you know uh he even says some pretty harsh things to the manticore he's like you know i feel sorry for you because i don't know what's worse or who i pity more your cubs because you'll eat them while they're still warm and wet your mate because she's carrying your spawn or you because you're the laughing stock of every beast on board that's that's awesome you know so i i like again you know i keep i'm gonna keep saying it throughout this whole book but that powder keg and that fragile alliance that is going on here you know yeah. everybody's at each other's throats but there's different sections code so now we had we know the relationship with those two and then the next uh couple boxes are about the vampires and how they are dealing with stuff yep and i like how you know they're kind of um basically just biding their time they know the new world will come if, if yep. they survive this and vampires being the elegant creatures that they are uh are are waiting you know they're not they're not trying to show their hand you know they're they're not they're not throwing their weight around they're not doing vampire like things and killing everything in sight they are waiting because they know when the new world comes they could just thrive again so yeah and then that weird state person uh thinks that the vampires put the manticore up to it oh there it even says manticore so <laughs> all right well see i know what i'm talking about i need to i know my mythology read more carefully <laughs> uh i even like the vampires um using their words rather than their might you know at, yep. at one point they are looking at that little snake like creature and they're like you are so far beneath me i barely even take notice of you yep i love that too because he's like, I'm not your enemy. I don't even notice you. <laughs> yep, exactly. And then, um, you know, he snaps his fingers. There's even a little animation for the snap. So, snap. He snaps his fingers and he says, "That's enough, cruel." Yep. So, and there's like green smoke behind him. So you know, his uh, power is kind of taking control of um, Cruel's mind a little bit because he's he's backing off. You know, he snorts and then uh, Lister got lucky this time, and then he kind of disperses exactly um next we're moving on to our main character uh and his family sitting at the dinner table kind of um all in silence just contemplating this terrible situation that they're in and uh even the father even says i'm sorry i was just i'm lost in thought and yeah the 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 family's trying to talk to him quite a bit they're really trying to get through to him and see what's wrong but it's just heavy this this book is have a this book has a weight to it you yep. know when you're reading and then um you know they're even trying to just force him to like eat husband you need your strength it's, you know we all do you know um and enjoy it if you're able it's the last it's the last of the bread so they're trying to um make light of this, of this heavy situation yep and then as we're at the dinner table and there's um uh the family talking and um he kind of reveals what's on his mind and this is where we have a little bit of a flashback in between panels yep. of the devil rising and I, I like it that they didn't do a lot of detail because um, sometimes it just looks cheesy this is just well, that, basically a black silhouette mm-hmm. of this huge demon you know yeah and he's very menacing and they never really call him the devil no. or you know a dark he's just this dark lord yep and that's that's really the only thing and, then, and, th- and that's how he refers to him too he he says 
um, that he's been thinking about the commands I have been given by our Lord. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, I think his, his name must be Shrey because he says, yep. hear us, O Shrey. Yep. Uh, you have served faithfully. Your uh, inequities have been great and pleasing to us. Uh, the reward, we reward you, sorcerer, with a task. And the task, of course, is to build this dark ark uh, to house the unnatural creatures of the unnatural world, whereas Noah is housing the creatures of the natural world. And then this is where we figured out that if Noah's ark doesn't survive, your ark doesn't survive. So it is in your best interest to do as much as you can on your ark and as long as Noah's is still around, yours is still around. Yep. And then either way, though, it sucks because he's damned either way. Because if the boat goes down or if the ark goes down, he's condemned to hell forever. And even if he succeeds in his mission, I think there will be some sort of repercussions just yeah. So either well, way, he's screwed. Well, the the reason for it is because he says they must thrive so that the beasts of the shadows will have prey in the world that awaits. Yeah. So, so otherwise, there'll be um, nothing there for the dark creatures to thrive on. Exactly. So yeah, it, it, it's tough, and that's why again that that fragile alliance and the powder keg of this book is awesome. Um, after that, though, uh, we're moving on and we're back onto the deck of the boat. Uh, his family members are kind of, or one of the family members is out just looking long, longly at the ocean. Yep. And uh, one of the other ones comes up, tries to console her and ask her, you know, what's going on and, you know, to come in from the cold. But she's got a heavy heart, too, on what this world awaits, or this new world that awaits. It's really just unbeknownst to her, and it's it's kind of driving her a little bit mad yeah for sure she um she's having a hard time with um keeping the people um down in the hold trying to uh, keeping them as um prisoners you know she's saying the people down below the sacrifices they're terrified and and they're suffering there has to be another way and you know her brother gets upset with her for having a kind of a, a weak heart about this you know yeah he he thinks they should just do this and get it done with and be and move and, on and move on and um everyone else on the boat seems to have more of a conscious thought about the weight of and the gravity of the situation that they're in yep for sure um that's actually where our book ends and it ends on a crazy note uh listra that crazy snake creature uh we're left with a giant panel here um with some trailing thoughts or some trailing monologue of one mistake one excuse for the monsters to turn against us and all will be lost yeah and it's uh listra lying uh knotted up in, in the yeah in the the be- uh, the bowels of the ship and uh, his head's chopped off or his head i don't know if it's head it's chopped off it's or it's uh, cut though it and does it, it looks like maybe skewed to the side yeah either it's been cut off or someone's bit into it and all the creatures are around it just ready to feast yep so, so you, you know that uh, the manicore did it yeah either that or the vampires had something to do with it but uh, that's true the vampires might have come back and just been like you know what? we're sick of him yeah, and then uh, to be continued, of course, that's the end of issue number one. Uh, issue number two, they do have a, a preview. I love how Aftershock usually does a preview of the next uh, cover. Yeah. And it's the Manticore entangled with uh, Alistra, one of those snake-like creatures. Yep. Really cool, striking cover. And uh, this was a good book. This is a good read. I uh, Yeah, I, I'm going to lead towards the Manticore. Did it as soon as the vampires walked away, he just snapped and killed. Yeah, I hear you. But I hear you. You going to keep reading it? Yeah, I think so. I think this is going to be a cool book. Um, you know, I, I, I really liked the gravity and the heaviness in this book. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't just a 
uh, perverse take on Noah's Ark. You know what I mean? It was no. an actual thought out, like, well, if Noah built an ark for the saintly creatures of the world, what happened to all the other creatures? You know, where are yeah. they? You know what I like so. is that it didn't take, like you said, take a perverse take on Noah. It didn't, like, what if Noah was bad? Right. It didn't, it just. You could have taken that. That's the easy road. Yeah. You know, you could have taken the easy road and made Noah a bad guy. I'm not a Bible guy or anything. I'm not yeah. going to be toting uh, Bible verses at anybody. Oh, no, no, no. But, but that's the easy wor- That's the easy way out. And also, it's just, I think you would segregate too much of your market and then make people pissed. Yeah. And this is a better way. This at, is a cool way. You know, I obviously, I don't know about future issues, but this issue really made it a point to say, okay, Noah and his people, they're doing things just as we know in history or in yep. religion as this happened. This is the other side of the but, coin. Yep. But across the flood, across the ocean, there's another arc, you know? Yeah, and I really like the the ticking time bomb of this situation. I think if I had to guess, you know, maybe something just will go terribly wrong and this arc will go down. Yeah. Um, but we'll see, just because uh, this is all the unnatural creatures of the world and, that, and that's why the unnatural creatures didn't make it to the new world or something like right. that. So we'll see. This is a cool book. Uh, it's Dark Arc, issue number one from Aftershock. Yeah. Um, there was a cool thing in the letters column in the back. Yeah, They I did a that. quick um, interview with one of our favorites, uh, Donnie Cates. Yep. Uh, three questions with Donnie Cates. They asked him uh, what do you do for aftershock and he said i'm the writer of baby teeth and then they said uh, what's your favorite aftershock series and he said american monster and dark arc uh because um both of them are dark and kind of fucked up <laughs> what was the what was the first one uh just what do you work on for aftershock and he yeah, said i'm the american monster uh, oh was oh his favorite his favorite aftershock titles yeah. he said american monster and dark arc i haven't and read he, american monster that one's good is um, it um dark crime drama okay yep uh he d- goes on to say dark arc is so good it actually makes me feel bad when i first heard about the premise i was so mad at myself for not getting to the idea first <laughs> but uh, he said but that's of course colin uh colin's a master of that kind of thing and then they asked him who would play you in a movie and he said if you ask my wife she'd tell you john cusack but i think that's ridiculous i'm way more handsome than john cusack <laughs> so i would have to agree he's a good looking man he's a good dude so yeah that's dark arc issue number one i would say pick it up yes um, uh first run is still in print yeah there are some variant covers to look for there's some retailer incentives um pricey uh about 20 to 30 dollars are they going up already yeah see i i this book i could review so i do and a good review from us um yeah for sure uh you know better but what cover is this that would be it's like a retailer one because this one i think was a retailer incentive cover but not like the super, super not the super special. rare ones yeah uh this would be cover d so because i was uh i have a, exclusives. an app where i uh um archive all my comic books yeah and uh usually when i scan the barcode it'll find it immediately the cover and it didn't only found, found that, one. that cover that you've got and then another one maybe the b didn't cover have, didn't have this one yeah i think that one was a retail incentive for people who ordered x amount uh, you know yeah uh, there's a lot of books out there now that are uh, um based off order incentives like how many you order that's cool um I really gravitated towards the A cover. The A cover is... It's really uh, dark. I mean, really ominous. It's the dark arc with these tentacles coming around it. And uh, it's got the, um, the you know, the demon head on the top of the arc. And it, it's just a striking cover, and it's cool. And uh, like it. This is a good issue. So about the cover that I have, if you'll look, uh, the right-hand side's got all the... 
uh, dark creatures. Mm-hmm. The left-hand side's got um, Noah's people plus the leader of the um, dark ark. Yeah. So it kind of tells me that him and Noah back here might have a relationship prior to this. There must be. I mean, even in the book, he was recanting his situation with this, you know, dark deal that he made. But he's also ta- talking about how there, he's made a lot of mistakes in his life and that he has to atone for. Yeah. So there's there's history to this character we don't know about. Yeah. And there's things that he has done. You know, he's not just some guy they picked up randomly off the street and be like, hey, man, you're going to be the dark arc dude. Yeah. No, he deserves to be on here. He's done some bad things in his life. So yeah. that remains to be seen. Hopefully we get some more backstory in issue number two but this was a, a good premiere issue yeah. um colin bunn is a very hit or miss guy uh love him or hate him that's true uh, i hated uh unholy grail yeah thought it was turdy we only got so, through an issue i read it oh too. man and i didn't even want to do issue two because i thought issue one was a big bust and i was really excited for it and it was terrible a terrible miss for me god every time so, it comes out now i the covers look so intriguing and i'm they like do but issue number one was such so shitty uh sorry <laughs> i really didn't like that book let's uh let's have an update about our jason biggs situation yeah what's up jason biggs what uh, you doing so as for the replying to my invitation nothing so far <laughs> <laughs> i was i was hoping you'd say he, he responded and was like i'm good nope <laughs> nope even that even jason i would post that uh screenshot under the website like in an instant yeah uh jason going no thanks no i'm good <laughs> I, i'm good thanks i'm working on season seven of orange is the new black oh is he coming back i don't know i hope not i don't know. see that's what spawned all this is that i don't think he was the right role for that right exactly and that's what spawned our our weird obsession with mr big i know i don't have a hatred for him though you know no, i think we just kind of like to throw it his way I just, it's just funny so well it's funny because he has been so um pigeonholed as this over-the-top comedian actor where everything bad that could happen to a guy happens to him that he's seems the to down be, on his luck good guy i mean even even in findings or saving silverman, saving silverman same kind of thing same concept where you know he it's was just american pie without the pie yep and jack black instead yeah <laughs> and neil and diamond steve zahn who made us steve run, on, run off on like oh. a 45 minute conversation oh steve zahn yeah. yeah i do love me some steve zahn though for you rock for sure homie. for sure you got some bad movies but you were uh, you were really good in uh, uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. Bad mm. ape. <laughs> That's he was awesome. great. Should we talk about the good book or the bad? We should end on the good book. We okay. should talk about. I okay. Don't, Here's the thing. I don't know. I don't know if this was necessarily bad. I'm gonna set this up. It's just yeah. You go ahead. There is a um, comic book creator that. Uh, um, has been doing a remarkable job on the internet of uh, marketing this thing about yeah. uh, pushing it into stores and um, it's 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 really quite awesome all the work that uh, these two creators are doing with this comic agreed and I am I like the art I like the cover a lot we're talking about alien toilet monsters we're talking about alien toilet monsters number one yep um, written and created and drawn uh, written and created I have opinions, but written by Carol Zara and Eric Barnett. Art and story also by Eric Barnett. Yeah, so Kara, or Carol. Carol. Um, she added me as a friend on Facebook. It was the first time I heard about this. Yep. And then I saw it had one mutual friend was you. So I'm yep. like, okay, I'll, I'll check her out. Well, then I was looking at the um, artwork for the comic that she's creating. 
thought it was looked awesome. Yep. And I liked the premise, and I read the story, and okay, I'm going to be honest. I don't know what's going on. I would have to agree with you. I mean, you. I get the basic um, idea of the world that she's, uh, they're building, but other than that, it was really hard to follow this is a lofty idea now i will give them credit where credit's due yeah amazing job marketing amazing job getting out there um carol zara is a beautiful woman um however i'll be blunt uh this is a you know this is an opinion of me mm-hmm. uh john jones uh, I, my, you know i would this opinion was not bought paid for sold no. you know traded no, 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 no. uh i'm not gonna knock anybody who bought the book i'm not gonna knock any stores who stocked it no um i really think that they pulled the wool over a lot of people's eyes on this book uh, I think this was Eric Barnett's creation, 100%. Yeah. And Carol Zara is a is easy way to sell this book. Yeah, she's the face of it. I'm not going to, you know. Because, you know, we invited her, or I invited her. I don't know if you did too, but yeah. Um, if she wanted to do an interview and she, you know, declined. And Which then, is fine. Yeah. And then she got back to us again and says, but Eric will do it, the other creator. And so we're like, okay, that'd be cool. But I needed to wait to read it first, and because if I didn't like it, you don't. I, wanna, I didn't want to like have to tell him. I didn't uh, like your book. over the phone because I don't have any questions to ask him that would make any sense. Because I have a lot of questions. Do you? But I, I mean, we can still have him on at some point, maybe. But I don't know if, I don't know if, uh, I don't know how touchy these people are. You know what I mean? Yeah, we don't know. You know. Well, I just felt really bad because I'm like, I don't want to have a guy on the show and then go, hey. We didn't dig it, dude. And yeah, then, I didn't like your book. I'm sorry. We don't want to. They're doing their own thing, and they're trying really hard to uh, make it a thing. And I don't. Not that anyone listens to our show, but I didn't want to bring it, bring their hype down because we didn't like it. I have no problem bringing bringing it down or or talk or saying my opinion that I didn't I didn't like it. But, oh, uh, on here I'll do it. But but having the creator on here and right. then and then have it dumb. You know, eh. yeah, I hear you. Um, it's just weird, you know. Uh, again, we're talking a lot about the creators themselves, but I think that's kind of making excuses for this book and talking about the meat of the book. Uh, I'll explain to you what I can. I'm not even really going to get into some of the art because the panels and this way that the storytelling is told is super confusing. It's highly congested. Uh, the book opens up talking about a fox on a desert, um, how the fox is, you know, going to its uh, its its hole to hide for the night and food is scarce in the desert and uh it's come upon this tasty treat of a scorpion eats the scorpion and that's where we leave the regular world and it says you know um it's a complete food food source for this fox on earth but this isn't earth and then um boom we're left with this giant page of this scorpion fox looking creature yeah and uh that's where the creature the creature continues to mutate all the way through the episode yeah um so we find out that um patrons of a restaurant are watching this this nature show on tv yeah on this uh hollow what is it called uh Uh, i call it tv right it is kind of a tv but it's like a 3d hologram uh, but they're watching this hollow episode of this thing uh, and they're all sitting around drinking and then 
it's just weird man uh it's it's tough to say how to read this book because everything is so jumbled and um there's way, there's way too, too many much text yeah uh, Not that that, that's usually a good thing in a book yeah but this it does this book a big disservice yeah because there's just too much banter i mean i don't really care about this cook guy but he lets me know that he is thinking his boyfriend's going to propose to him because he's got this secret box he won't let him look at yeah and i'm like cool i guess that's all right but yep. this character's probably I, not gonna be around for another I, couple of and i don't really care about issue. i don't really care about the waitress she no, I, I she and the and the owner obviously have had a relationship or have something going on because he she tells him fuck you and then he kind of makes a crack yeah know. like love you too mildred yep um but yeah <laughs> We're really going to struggle to to capture what's happening. It's, I can't even tell you really what it's about because it goes in so many directions. Um, and that's the biggest problem. Yeah, you know, um, and I'm going to spoil it right here. There are no toilets or monsters or aliens in it so far. Yeah, I mean, technically that thing's a monster, I guess, but it's more of just a, a, a different multiverse fox scorpion creature. Right. Um it's so bad that I'm I'm struggling to tell you what this is like how to even describe you know like we went through dark arc yeah and it was easy to describe the panels it was easy we to describe the situation step by step by step and you can go panel to panel step by step this is all over the place man I mean if if you so can see if you we can go see this from, we go from that scene where he's in the kitchen and okay so the TV just got done playing yeah okay so then we move into we see the dining room people drinking move into the kitchen he has a little argument with Mildred and then he goes to the second floor of the and apparently he's trying to like shut the news feed off or like the camera off or like yeah. something so he goes up there and then he watches a hologram of his um, wife who's no longer with him she's either dead or left him mm-hmm. um yeah and apparently it's his uh anniversary with her or something sure man uh, <laughs> dude sure so then all of a sudden she shows up in the restaurant but it's her from a different dimension yeah it's, it's, it's another version of her she's from a different a different multiverse and she brought the other version of him with her yeah because she's like dating the new the multiverse version of him yeah and then she basically she's i think she's making money by going and visiting all the other versions of him hey that's probably a good assumption i think that's what's going on but we're not but we're not giving more to that um Next, we're greeted with this lady who's sitting at a table and plugging into her VR device where she's going to, I don't know, do some work or talk to the internet. I don't understand what's happening here at all. She's checking all of her social media and news feeds, and then she has it kind of uh, parried down into just certain ones. Yeah, and And then um, there's supposedly some news that she's not happy about, and the news that she's not happy about is uh, there's a movie getting a reboot, and it's this cockroach... Uh, yep. film. It's a horror film. Yep. And I have something to say about this, and I'm going to pull no punches on this. But um, it's, this cockroach film is going to star Carol Zara, of course. Uh, surprise, surprise. She, uh, and yeah, she's, she's pissed about it. She's like, no, no, no. You know, like use real cockroaches. Why? Why are? Why are they doing this? Why are they casting her? And then um, this is where. I they break down the fourth wall. Yeah, because here's here's Carol on the here's next Carol page. 
Um, very beautiful again. I do think that this text here where uh, so the, the the word bubbles or the thought bubbles are hearts. Yeah, I do think this text here might be real from a real text conversation. Oh. Because um, just me, I don't know. Uh, she starts off as saying, so are you watching? Uh, he's like, hey, sorry, babe, I had you muted. That's okay. Can you see me okay? He's had to take client call. Wi-Fi is shit out here. It's only audio for now. And then uh, heartbroken. Have you heard back from the producers yet? No, not yet. I'm trying to think about it. Uh, what time is your flight? He's like, I got to stay an extra week. It's, so I, I think that's a real conversation that she had with Eric because I think they're they're together. I think they're married oh, okay. in real life. Okay. Um but this is where this really bugs me. Um, where she throws herself in there as a... It's not that. I just... I really think this is just all a giant ploy to... Doesn't it feel that way? It, it just... It's a giant ploy to sell Carol Zara as, uh, as an, internet, an internet icon or an internet kind girl. And I a, thought that too. She's doing, a, she's doing a horror film that's like this cockroach one that the girl on the previous page gets mad about. Oh, she really is in yeah, real life? Yeah, that's a real thing. Like, because I did some research. Yeah. And she's actually going to be in this horror film about these, like, flying werewolf cro- cockroaches or some shit. Oh, no. I I know, dude. We're sitting here. If you guys could see us right now, we both look like we've just run a marathon. We're yeah. both, like, head in our hands. Yep. And, like, we're, like, hunched over. And we're trying to wrap our minds <coughs> Sorry, around. Oh, you're fine. But we're trying to wrap our, wrap our minds around this insane idea it's insane yeah. i'm sorry but oh. uh again i yeah, appreciate I def- what you i definitely agree with you now it just seems like it's a marketing ploy like like this comic book they're not being serious about it no like they're not taking it seriously um they they seem like this is just an avenue for another thing this is uh, a way to get carol more jobs yeah um this is a way to make her uh a vixen of the comic industry. Yep. This is a way to make her be in the home, be a household name. It would be great if she was, um, you know, if this was a knockout of the park and she was a knockout babe, like kind of thing. But she's not. Yeah. Um, like if she and Eric wrote it together, well, maybe one of them should have taken control because this feels like someone with ADHD. Um, yeah. And then. Now that I've uh, just been hit over the head that she has a real movie she's going to be in that's similar to this cockroach thing. Yep. And uh, after that page, I'm not going to lie to you, I tuned out almost completely. Did you? I, I read it, but I was not receiving it. Stephen King did that in one of his books where he wrote himself into the story. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of cool because it it was in the. Um, um, uh, gunslinger series um, the dark tower yeah, and, yeah where the car hits him right yeah and that was a real incident that happened yeah. in the past so he's kind of tying that into his book to kind of and the guy that hit him he ties that in there and what was going on and, and yeah, the how, man in black was trying to stop him from telling yeah the, or recanting the tales of the yep. of the gunslinger yep and yeah. so that was kind of a cool twist you know but but that's done right 
That's yeah. done right. This is done completely wrong. Uh, to summarize the rest of the issue, guys, um, that hollow TV show they're I watching. Li- I lied. There's a couple monsters. Right yeah. There. It's got this giant, like, Gila monster fucking the fox scorpion, scorpion, and they're filming it. And then all of a sudden, these weird, like, sand dune, crazy space worms jump out and start slaughtering the space people. Worm. Yeah. And then uh, the one guy, beep, bop, boop, beeps, and he started to jump through the multiverse, and the, the, the crazy scorpion fox comes with him uh frankie meets other multiverse frankie he's not supposed to touch him because some crazy kind of crazy time paradox will happen the time police are there to stop him and um the the cook is taking the garbage out and this crazy fox scorpion is mutating in the multiverse uh, now even to the end is the issue yet we're we're not even no and it's out there in the garbage and he's like oh fuck and he runs away and then he busts in trying to tell frankie that there's this crazy fox fucking thing out back and then the time police are like all right we're taking frankie back and then frankie from one multiverse touches frankie from the other multiverse and he gets booted back into his multiverse and then uh the crazy fox scorpion thing uh shits out some babies and they end up being look looking like little little tiny uh other fox scorpion things and um one of them doesn't make it and a crab eats it and then goes out into the ocean and end of book one uh fuck this book yeah sorry i i was i felt really bad because i i i messaged eric back today and said hey i don't know if you read it but i I did i just said hey we haven't got a chance to connect so sorry man we're not gonna be able to do it um that was the politest way i could think of to to not do the interview because this was so bad. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, you know, again, credit where credit's due. Uh, great job marketing this book. For sure. Um, Eric Barnett, you do have good art. You're a very skilled artist. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, this picture of Carol's hot. Yeah, he does a really good job of, um, of drawing. Um, I think his composition needs work in terms of storytelling because it's all over the place for panels. Uh-huh. Um, Just this page alone, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten panels. And they're all overlapped. Yeah, and they don't make any sense. Um, but yeah, again, credit where credit's due great lofty idea yep executed i don't think um anywhere near what um true comic creators can do no i don't i'm not calling you i'm not saying that uh, he is a bad comic creator yeah i'm saying you might have gotten into the wrong crowd with this carol zara and trying to market her with this book you know how to fix this book you want me to fix this book yeah start over well let's call alien toilet monsters Let's actually have alien toilet monsters. Yep. Let's make Carol Zara our hero, and she can fight the alien toilet monsters, make it like Gears of War with uh, true satire, and she can fight the alien toilet monsters from invading Earth, and she's sexy and sultry, and she has sci-fi weapons. Uh, Go ahead and make it a multiverse book. Um, Make Carol meet other carols from other multiverses, and now you have an army of carols to fight the alien toilet monsters. I fixed your book. I agree. But th- as it is right now, I don't even want it to take up space in my long box of stuff. Nope. But at the same time, God, I feel... I, I, I know you say, like, I'll oh, fuck that, but I feel bad that I hate it. <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, I do, but I don't. I do because... I hear you. I do feel a little bad because we've we kind of had a little bit of... Um, 
not personal relationships with these people, but you, we've talked to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, and you want to like them. Uh, they're, they're nice people. So did they, um, on Facebook, did they reach out to you or did you find her? Did you know about this comic coming up? She, she, uh, sent friend requests to me yep. and then, uh, reached out to me about the book. You think that's because of your job that you have? Yeah. I, well, I think it's that, but I also think it's, uh, just, a. <laughs> A, a blanket campaign. I think okay. she's friends with anybody. I think she'll she, she'd probably accept your friend request if you're uh, Mother Teresa. Yeah, because um, she added me, and I don't know how she found me, but then probably for me. Yeah, and then um, like I said, I started messaging her, you know, going, "This would be, you know, first out of the gate, brand new series, brand new writer, brand new everything." I'm like this might be pretty cool for both ends of doing an interview. And she goes, Oh, I'm talking to John right now. And when she responded and said, she was talking to you, I really liked that personal touch. And then, and, and then her nicely saying, no, I can't do an interview. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not mad about it. No. You know, and that happens all the time. You know, uh, at least we offered an interview, uh, where we were even entertained the idea of an interview. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I'm sorry. It's just not a good book. Yeah. Uh, I really do think that um, this is a really big uh, ploy to sell Carol Zara stuff because they've got a toy line coming. They've got pins. They've got patches. They've got, uh, you know, lithographs. Uh, she sends personal Polaroids. You know, she's... She does? Oh, yeah. She's... She, she, She's marketable, yeah, that's fine, but I just sorry, I don't, it, yeah, yeah, I don't it, get it. I yeah, don't like it. It takes away from you know a, it takes away the, from the book, man. From the book, yep. Comic book collectors, comic book readers, you know, the Wednesday Warriors, everybody they want um, legitimacy to the to the stories. They want it to be something that the writer and and uh, artist uh, really felt and put it out you know especially yeah. from indie books yeah you know the big uh, the big two there there's a storyline in place already um so i'm not referring to them i'm talking about mostly indie books where it's mostly creator owned and this just felt like kind of making fun of the whole thinking thing thinking they can just throw in a book with all of this and everybody that collects comics will buy it because she's hot well you know what the 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 story was such a pile of shit. Yeah. I can't even, I don't even want to keep it. I. This book is not good for indie books. This no. book is only good. The only people, the only people that benefit from this book and the only people that gain anything from this book are Eric Burnett and Carol Zara. Mm -hmm. That's it. No one else gains from this. It's not a good story. Um, I do say the art's good. Eric yeah. Burnett is a good artist. Yeah. However, needs some composition work, some storytelling, uh, need to revamp that entirely but like i said you know i just if you run the tape back or run this episode back five minutes i yeah. just i fixed the book yeah you make carol zara the hero yep. she fights alien toilet monsters she meets up with other carol zaras from the multiverse they created carol zara army you got hot chicks versus crazy monsters and you can throw in as much multiverse sati satire as you want but at least that's a legible story that I would maybe read. Yeah. Okay. So if this cover was it would have been an indication of what's in the book, it would have been awesome. Yeah. Okay. Carol Zara is sitting. Okay. The toilet is a monster. It's got huge teeth, and the lid is closed, so it's not like she's going to the bathroom. Yeah. But she's sitting on the toilet, 
uh, seductively. She's got this huge ray gun, and yeah, and you just think like she's gonna kick some toilet ass, yeah. and then none of that is in there. No, and you could have. I'm sure it's coming down the line, and this is uh, I don't I don't see this going past two or three issues though. I disagree. I think the I think the fandom and the uh, marketing push. I hate to stereotype people in the com- or buyers of comics, but there's you know the niche group of people I'm talking about. It's yeah. the guys who like the the the, uh, the skin books. Yeah, this markets to them directly, and they're going to take these to cons looking for Carol to sign it. You know, this is uh this is going to be a book I think that's going to get this is going to go on for too long and it shouldn't. And this is I think I think it's not good for comics uh, in the indie in the indie. Um, book market in general, right? But you know what? Uh, kudos to them because uh, how long have we spent talking about this book? <laughs> uh, a good portion, exactly. So the, uh, no press, you know, no press is bad. Is no, bad press. I mean, there's no so, such thing as bad press. And uh, we've been talking about this book, and this book is creating waves. This is there's going to be a. a I'm going to say that's awesome for them, and you know, we just don't. Uh, and you know what? We could be completely wrong. Well, I haven't looked into it. You've read a little bit background about her movie coming out. But is it possible that this is a heart? Like, um, they really wanted to tell this story? Or are you pretty gun ho that, no, this is just a, an a avenue mar- to market herself? This is a marketing strategy. This is a, this is a quick way for a toy line. They've got, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know, look at Todd McFarlane. Not, yeah. Now, this isn't a, do, a dog on Todd McFarlane, but Todd McFarlane had a great idea with Spawn. Yep. But once he got to a point where he was comfortable with Spawn, what did he do? Handed he it handed over. it off, and he makes toys, and that's it. He doesn't need to make Spawn anymore. He still produces Spawn because yep. it makes money and it sells every month, yeah. but he doesn't write it. He doesn't draw it. He'll do a cover here and occasionally, but he's got toy licenses. You know, he, he creates the Walking Dead stuff. He's got one of the biggest Walking Dead licenses out there. He creates Rick and Morty stuff now. Yeah. He just creates because, toys. Because um, his toy line is known for its detail and um, quality. Yeah. Um, and he's made a name for himself that way. Todd McFarlane Toys. And so that that I don't really care about because I don't think that was part of the game when he started Spawn. Not at all. It just happened, though. It happened. And it, and it happened. I mean, he, uh, left, he left Spider-Man. And due to creative differences, and you know, he had that um, series. It was just called Spider-Man. Yeah. After he did a few amazing Spider-Man issues, and then got his own Spider-Man uh, line, and left there to start Image and um, Spawn, and uh, you know, a couple other uh, comic creators um, got to put their own stuff out there. And I think that went great until, like you said, Spawn was off and going, and it was a huge hit. And he could step back and like do some other things with his art talent you know but it happened organically you know it yeah didn't, it didn't happen because he wanted it to happen that way it happened organically over time he created this character that he threw himself into it became a big thing uh he became so busy that he just kind of couldn't do the book anymore Pretty so much. he didn't want it to die so he handed it off and uh found his niche of taking his art and his intuitive mind of um creating really good quality things and he took his art into the 3d world and started creating toys and it just happened organically this is a this is a fast route a fast route to that yeah you know this Which is what feels that is so fake and plastic that it way. does there's so much 
facade uh, yeah. in this book. Yeah. Um, again, kudos to them. Great marketing strategy. I'm glad you sold your book. Um, I I don't care to see anymore. You know, you from know, me personally. Again, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My personal opinion. We won't review, not endorse. We we may bring it up from time to time, but we won't review another issue of it. That's not going to happen. I don't. I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it unless uh, it happens when we get Carol's little army of Carol Zara's fighting alien toilet monsters. I mean, think of the potential. That would be you awesome. Create, you could create like uh, different species of the toilets. Uh, one could be urinal foot soldiers, and one could be you know the toilet bowl cannoneers. Yeah, I've <laughs> I fixed the comic. <laughs> <laughs> if this happens to go up, uh, and kind of blow up and, and uh, become a rare item, I'll sell mine like right away. <laughs> and uh, kudos to them again, but uh, just didn't like it. Um, yeah. Um, best, best it's wishes. unfortunate because my wife and I were talking about it. she goes she saw the hot chick on the cover she saw the name of the book and she goes that is right up your guys's alley yeah you know and uh, I thought so too and that's why I was kind of excited and I had a there was a little bit of a mystique about this book but you know my you open it and then you get to page two and that mystique just drops yeah you're just like what the, the fuck? fuck I know so that's why when I said don't just browse through it read it yeah you know, and yep. <laughs> you, you, you couldn't finish really I mean I did but after that page where Carol shows up and we're breaking the fourth wall and yes. I, I seriously do think that I'm reading you know like things that are real like real text messages or text conversations mm-hmm. I just I, I dropped out completely I was so like just disheartened and not disgusted, but just discouraged. Yeah. Like, why? You know, I listen why? to a few other comic book podcasts, and I'm eager to hear if anybody else uh, picks it up for their shows. To re- I don't know. To review. Guess we'll kind of have to wait and see. Um, yeah. Talk about an update on next week, but... Maybe. Um, um, on to bigger, better things. Alien Toilet Monsters, not so good for us, but hey, kudos to you guys. Uh, best, uh, you know, wishes and... Um, uh, hopefully you have great lofty ventures later. You know, uh, uh, not for us because they made a personal um, contact to us. They may be listening to this, so I nothing against them. You know, they nope. can do their own thing. It's just we're not going to be on board with it. It's not. It, it is not a book that uh, I want to associate myself with, no. and not a book that I really want to read. Uh, for, again, for anybody who wants to read it, any store that stocked it, sure. and sold it, great awesome yeah. uh, find what you like and that's kind of the beauty of the comic world is we can have opinions like that you know I there's people out there who don't like The Walking Dead and no. I'm fine with that Here, and I'm sure they're fine and I'm sorry to interrupt no, you that's okay. and I'm sure they're fine with the people who don't like it because oh, sure. there's going to be a ton of people that do yeah oh so, yeah, yeah. Um, here's my question you know the inside of the comic book business better so do creators or um, comic book companies do they get paid per issue that um, makes it into stores, or do you comic book stores ship them back if they don't sell? Depends on where they came from. This is coming directly from Carol and Eric, yep. so they're getting paid per issue. If it comes from Diamond Distributors, yep. they are paid from Diamond to house them and store them, yeah. and then also uh, what comic shops bought but then diamond also has the option of um sending back books that don't okay so uh where the comic book stores are credited and then diamond can do whatever they want with them they can blow them out they can put them on sale so 
basically big distributors like DC, Marvel, uh, Image, they're getting paid at the source from uh, from Diamond. Okay. And then Diamond can do whatever the hell they want with them after that, after they distribute them to the comic stores. Because yeah. comic stores have the option of selling them at their shop, but then also being able to return them at a later point if they didn't sell. Okay. So when, let's say, our local shop picked up the so many of these, yep. did uh, is that where the, the creators... Um, I guess sales numbers are coming in from, or is it when I go out and buy an issue? It's from direct sale to comic stores. Okay. They're, they're not even going to know that you bought it unless you say you bought it. Okay. Because their direct their sales are completely direct to the shops. Okay. And, I mean, it's, I didn't, it's probably Carol and Eric's packing the stuff, shipping it out. It came, the, They came in a giant manila envelope. Yeah. I just feel like... Um, hmm. It should almost be like a uh, consignment thing where a shop will go, you know, we'll we'll hold it here. We'll take a certain percentage of it. And if it the rest of it's, you know, going to your pocket, other than if it doesn't sell. We want to send it back. We want, well, in some places make guarantees like that. And that's yep. actually a great way to have a store carry your book is, yeah. hey, man, I, uh, buy 50 copies of my book. Yep. Sell as many as you can. Keep what you make. If you don't sell the rest, send them back. I'll give you a refund for the remainder. Yeah. So now the comic shop is in a win-win situation. They really don't lose anything. No. They're in a win-win. <laughs> they're in a win-win. You know, they get the books, they sell a few. If they don't sell them all, cool. They ship, they ship the other ones back and get a credit. Like, well, and the creators get win. a win, too, because there's that exposure to that store where exactly. they can... So some creators will do that. Um, with the way printing is now, you can get away with making some cheaper quality books. Uh, I will say Alien Toilet Monsters, uh, quality-wise, in terms of being a comic book that was printed, yeah. uh, good quality. Yeah, it, it's not a homemade stapled at the kitchen counter kind right. of thing. This wasn't taken to they had FedEx this, Kinko's and they had this printed book together. So. And it was, well, it was sent from Canada, but I don't think she lives there. Uh, didn't I They read? do live in Canada. Oh, really? Yeah, I they're th- Canadian. I thought I read something about Rio de Janeiro or something. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, okay. But it's a Can- they're Canadian. It's a Canadian book. Okay. Well, I knew, yeah, I didn't know if the printing house was, let's see, Omnimorphic. Printed it. I don't even know. Never heard of them. Nope. Not that's a bad thing, but it might be their first book that they mass printed. So, anyway. Yeah. Let's anyway. Do, uh, okay. Let's shift gears. Last Let's book. Go. Last book of the night, and we're going to end it with an awesome one. Hold tight. I have big news about this book. Okay. All right. Kill the Minotaur. We're going to end off on a really great note, guys. If you're still listening, uh, hang out. And um, by the way, Give us a review. Talk uh, talk to us about what you like. If you like Alien Toilet Monsters, let us know why. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, so on that note, go out to your favorite podcast, uh, wherever you get podcasts from. Indeed. Whether it's from your uh, Google Play or if it's iTunes or, you know, from our website, which is uh, smashandgrabcomics.com. Uh, and it's just the letter N, not A-N-D. Right, smashing. Smashandgrabcomics.com and uh, leave a review anywhere that you can um, or drop us a line and just say, hey. um, Talk about this or tell us what we're doing and what what you like and what you don't like. Or if you got recommendations, guys, could you cover this because I... I never hear anything brought up about it, and I think it's awesome. Yeah, or if there's a book that you really like and you think we should talk about, yep. let's talk. Let's yep. talk about it. Yep. Um, but the big news is uh, Kill the Minotaur got 
uh, optioned for a film uh, produced by Robert Kirkman, which is no surprise because Skybound is his company. So this will be a film at some point, hopefully within the next few years. Uh, we would love to see that. Uh, Kill the Minotaur has made it on our show many times. Yep. Um, we've been reviewing it since issue number one. Yep. This has been a fantastic read. I cannot wait for this to be a film. Uh, so get them while you can. Right. Issue number ones are up to $10. Uh, are they really? Yep. The ash cans are up to about $20. Uh, I do have about five or six ash cans uh, at home. So if anybody would like one, if you leave a review, I can always send you one. Um, I've only got a, a few available. I'll send you it out of my pocket straight for free that's totally cool I've got a ton of them so yeah, I picked so, them up when they were cheap I picked them up on eBay at a buck a piece for the ash cans yeah um, John's offer of putting a review on uh, your favorite podcast site um, yeah and end it with either gold foil or ash can and yep. that way I know which, which, which one, one you, you would, would like because like, yeah. I've got a stack of gold foil covers and I've got a stack of ash cans I can straight up give away nice yeah. Um, but let's get into this meaty, meaty book, bro. Kill the Minotaur. Our, our last issue ended with uh, this space alien kind of spacecraft thing crashing, which we now know is the beginning of the labyrinth. Yep. And our labyrinth creator has come upon the, crate, uh, the crater that this thing has left. And he's walking inside of it. And um, it is very alien-like. It's very... Uh, H.R. Uh, Giger-like, you know, in, yeah. in terms of look. And uh, he's walking through the halls, and he finally comes to the middle of the ship, which is the well that we've seen in our last issue, or the middle of the labyrinth. And he picks up uh, this glowing star-shaped object out of the wall, and it zaps him. And uh, it, it pricks his finger, and the blood falls to the floor, and that's where this all kind of stemmed from. Kind of very Hellraiser-like, you know, yeah. um, where the, the box or the whoever uh, needs blood to gain back their flesh. Well, look in the pool of water that's coming down, yep. and there's this alien in there. This that, like larva-looking thing. It lar- looks like alien larva. As soon as it gets that blood from him, though, that starts creating the minotaur you know yeah um, that's where the birth of our minotaur here it's pretty sweet yeah and it's uh writhing and gurgling and starting to grow and then uh the ship itself is lighting up with these um kind of uh tron like yeah uh, elements it's kind of cool reminded me of tron for sure yeah i like that a lot and then uh we're left with these great panels and history of you know the labyrinth started to grow and it grew out of this guy's mind and the minotaur matured and uh king minos took it under its wing and um really thought that the gods have had re-gifted him his son that had died in (coughs) in the uh in the form of this minotaur yeah and it's cool because you see the the crater and then it's starting to leach out in the weird veiny kind of plate like infectious looking yeah the, and the alien egg craft thing becomes the labyrinth yep um and then it just starts encompassing the landscape so yep. and then more and more and more and then uh back to where our heroes are they've come to the um the middle of the labyrinth to uh, slay it because they uh, have been told by the princess that the minotaur is scared of the middle of the labyrinth and won't come there. Um, but she's telling this tale, recanting this story, and he, uh, she says King Minos grew to love the minotaur again. You know, stating that she he thought that the gods had regifted him his son in the form of this creature. Yeah, and then uh, 
our main character he uh isn't isn't having any of it you know he's just like he's like but nothing you know this is bullshit i'm tired of dealing with this fucking shit and he's like you know there's no uh weapon that we can try and kill this thing with uh we're supposed to be in the center and use the center to kill this minotaur so what the hell do we do like what are we doing yeah you know and then um his buddy that he thought he lost the prince show he shows up the prince's friend yes thought they thought was lost he shows up um he's been trying to find his way back to them and and he's talking about how he saw the minotaur yeah and uh, yeah he comes through that uh gaping hole that they made their way through uh where that crazy sculpture was in issue number three and you know he comes kind of I like how he comes through and doesn't really announce himself. He just looks like he's been like, you know, kind of shell shocked because he's made his way through this horrifying labyrinth and he saw the Minotaur. Yep. And he's like, Parathos, you know, he's like, come here, you big stud. And he's giving him a hug. He's like, I saw the Minotaur. He's like, I saw the bodies that he left in its wake. And now he's talking about how horrible and terrifying this thing is. Um, our prince, though, he's very happy that he's seeing his friend, just a friendly face. You know, it's, it's nice to have good news in this uh, crazy place that they're in, you know, full of death and destruction. Yeah. Um, the group is still kind of infighting, though. You've got um, the uh, Athenians on one side, and then uh, the, King Minos's people, the what are they called? The Cretans. Yeah, they're on the other side, and um, there's just a lot of just nobody can really agree on what to do, what's going on. You know, and, um, the prince from Crete, he wants to leave. Uh, or from Athens, I mean. Uh, he, yeah, he wants to get out of there. He wants to leave. He's talking about trying to find a way to break through the outer wall. Mm-hmm. And his friend that he was just super excited to see return goes, we're not leaving. Yeah, and I also like that, you know, she's like, it doesn't matter. Even if you make it out, that means the Minotaur is going to get out and just cause death, destruction, and chaos on the world. We can't do that. Yep. And uh, he's, he's like, whatever, fuck this. Yep. And his friend's like, Theseus, you know. You set out to put an end to Minos' tyranny and stop the sacrifices and save Athens. We're staying here to fight this thing. Yep. And uh, he's really not sure about it. He's like, you're insane, dude. He's like, there's no way we can do this. And then uh, Pirithos is like, just like, just think of it as a hunt, man. Like, yeah. we'll gather spears and we'll form a, a line around this giant well and it will have to come uphill to fight us. And um, he's like, yeah. A hunt where we have like dozens of men and dogs and we're hunting one boar he's like this is a freaking minotaur dude like it's yep. crazy so he's like you know uh i like this next line though he's like you thought this was going to be easy he's like you wanted a place in the song basically handed to you on a platter like everything's been handed to you which is a big slap in the face to yep. him because he's the prince uh he, which he's really thought about himself as a man who's kind of uh, fought for everything that he's gained, yeah. but yeah. really he's been handed things on a silver platter. Well, and his friend's just sick of his bitching. Uh, right. When when he and, wanted to be a hero in the first issues, and now he wants to run away. Yeah. And Prince Theseus is going, hey, come on, I've worked hard. He goes, at what? Drinking? Whoring? <laughs> yeah. What have you worked hard at? Seriously? You've like, only trained hard because your father gave you no choice. Yeah. And then he's like, don't bring my old man into this. Um, and then the real sticker in this line when they're going back and forth is like gods i can't believe this i thought i could have counted on you to be my friend uh, be on my side with what my father's paying you i know and then uh, he was just like <gasps> like you know he puts his hand over his mouth he's like, like i can't believe i just said that like yeah oh, shit like this is my buddy yep and then, well uh, it turns out i think his dad did pay him to be his friend yeah but uh you know Parath- parathos he 
kind of just lets it go. He knows that, you know, he's hot-headed right now and that he didn't really mean to say that. He's like, I befriended you because I liked you, you know, because yeah. I thought you could help uh, become, or, or I could help you become a good king. Yeah. You know, and that's why I stayed your friend. You know, it's not because your father paid me. And then um, uh, Theseus, you know, he, he's still mad and angry in the situation. and He's butthurt, you know. He's butthurt, but I see where he's coming from because people just want to inflict their will upon him and they want him to do this and they want him to do that and they want him to inevitably become this great king. Yeah. And he he makes a real great line. He's like, you guys act like I'm just this lump of clay, something for you guys to shape me as you see fit and become what you guys want me to become. But why, you know, what about what I want to become, you know? So, yeah, I mean, so I like they, that. They want him to be their leader, but in the way they want. Yeah, and he just, he wants to prove to not everybody else i think he really just wants to prove to himself that he is a, a man-made man rather than a, a guy who is just um born into status which he is but i think he wants to make his mark on the world and be remembered as something rather than just the son of a king oh for sure who became the king you for know sure. what i mean yeah just next in line you know so that's kind of the the cool um psychology of the characters here and i really like that and it's drawn beautiful beautifully well it's rendered well you know when when uh, theseus says that line of how much his father's paying him you can see the regret on his face and that's what i like about this art and the way this comic is drawn um so then uh Pirithos is heading into the um hole they made again because he is going to lure the minotaur into the central area yep and uh the guy that theseus has been arguing with in the last issue uh demophon um is his name yeah one of the cretes yeah um and uh Pirithos gives him a job to do to you know wrangle everybody up keep them safe in a formation around the obelisk and he goes I trust you yeah, yeah. he's glaring at he Theseus he kind of glares back at Theseus yeah yep and uh it's nice though the, the Crete guy he's like you know he's like you used to be a soldier I need you to get these people and form them up and he's like alright hurrah you know yep. like and I am the soldier soon as he <laughs> soon as he was given that job like his spirit just came like right back yeah exactly <clears throat> and then um uh Parathos runs out of the hole to go. He's going to, you know, lure the Minotaur into the middle of this uh, labyrinth. And then uh, Theseus starts ripping the, I guess, I, would, I guess you would call them ribs almost. Because this thing is, yeah. you know, this labyrinth is living. It's, it's yeah. a living being. So he's ripping these uh, rib-like things out of the wall. And then um, the, the princess thinks he's having a tantrum. Which I love. <clears throat> that's kind of what you would think he would do in this point she's like right. you know this is no time for a tantrum he's like he's like i'm not throwing tantrum. i can use this as a spear you know yep. i can strike at a distance so and then uh, she's happy she's like oh so you've had a change of heart and he's like well let's just say i don't want to end up uh i don't want to die empty-handed and then he um I like this next part too. She starts ripping them out. She's like, "We should take enough of these to arm the others, your people." And then uh, he's like, "Oh, uh, I was just going to suggest that. Like it was his idea, kind of thing." And then uh, a, cu a couple great frames in the middle of this, uh, almost the center of the book, where Pirithos is going through yep. the labyrinth, and you can see the Minotaur starting to follow. Yeah, lurking and following. So it's a nice little cat and mouse of Pirithos running to one place to another, and the Minotaur kind of slowly gaining and. Um, very looming. I love it. Yep. And then, um, what was this guy's name again? The Crete guy? 
What was it like? Dat- Demo. Daton? Dacton? Uh, it is Demophon. Demophon. Uh, he's taking the princess and asking him for a moment of, the, uh, of her time, and he's truly just. Again, this is our, our fragile alliance thing comes into play again. Yep. Um, where he's like, the Athenians are plotting to kill you, and he's like, you know, after the Minotaur is dead, you know, we should just you watch your back. You know, there's there's these guys that don't like us. <laughs> yeah. You know, we may be aligned now, but that doesn't mean that we're aligned forever. Um, but she really uh, has more faith in them. You know, she's like, we can't fight, we can't both fight the Minotaur and the Athenians. He's like, perhaps the key is to get uh, get them on our side. Yep. And then we're left with our two guys, uh, the Athenians, who are have been causing problems since issue one. You know, they've been. For them, for, out for themselves since issue one. Yep. You know, and they're like, fucking cretin, your time will come. And they're just kind of talking between themselves. And then um, they really make uh, a plan after the Minotaur is dead, they're going to kill the princess and any other uh, Crete people. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, moving on, though, um, Theseus is uh, telling people, hey, come lend a hand. You know, we're trying to arm ourselves. And they're pulling plates off of the wall. Again, this uh, labyrinth is a living beast um, that changes. And they're pulling these almost like scale-like things off the wall that they yeah. can use as a shield wall. To make, yeah, they're going to make a shield wall. And then this guy, Timon. Uh, He's the Athenian guy. Uh, yep. The Athenian guy who's not... Not happy. He's not happy with any of it. And he goes, what What are these makeshift spears and shields? Are you going to stand against the Minotaur with this? Yeah, exactly. Well, when you put it that way, that sounds pretty hopeless. Yeah. And um, he's the one who got away from the Minotaur originally in issue two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, saw the... The saw the horrible face. Yeah, that so, was that was the first time we saw the Minotaur. I think was him. Fully, yeah. Um, and then uh, he's he's kind of been shell shocked after ever since that. He hasn't really said too much. Yep. Um, there's a crazy line though I really like. And then uh, Theseus is telling you know he's like here you know holding a weapon in your hand may find your courage. And he's like I'm not afraid of dying, Theseus. I'm afraid we might win. Right. So he's really scared of what's going to happen after the fact yeah you know, like we still got to deal with we're still stuck in crete we're dealing with king minos he's probably not gonna be happy if we kill the minotaur <laughs> like you know what i mean like there's yep. a lot of cool um foreboding in that and then um parathos comes running in he's like it's coming so he, he's uh lured the minute the minotaur's chasing him so this next page when you turn the page yeah okay so it says it's coming <laughs> i was totally expecting to see the minotaur <laughs> But instead, we see King Minos getting sucked off here by uh, <laughs> this uh, beautiful woman, and there's another one kind of hanging on him. Yeah, he's uh, enjoying the revelries of being a king, man. He's yep. uh, he's getting loved on and uh, being sitting on his throne and being serviced, if you will. Yes. Um, this was really horrifying to me. This uh, uh, this next text and like just kind of this whole situation because uh-huh. uh, these people break in you know they're my lord I'm sorry to disturb you you know we wouldn't have done it unless the situation was very dire and he's like yes what is it you know it's the princess we can't find her uh, and then he's you know his main soldier he's like I'll, I'll I'll accept any form of punishment you want to throw my way you know I understand it's my fault that she's gone and um, King Minos isn't really too uh, 
perturbed. He no. kind of almost knew this was going to happen, but he's like, it isn't about punishment. You know, it's uh, if my daughter can't be found, someone else must take her place in the ceremony. Yeah. And unfortunately, you don't have the necessary equipment. And yeah. we're left with... So he opens this... Um, it's uh, a brazen bull. Yeah, it is. And it's on, um, it's on wheels, so it's portable. Um, but it's just full of torture um, instruments, it looks like. Well... Or what do you think those are for? What's truly going on here is, and the, what he <laughs> what he means by you don't have the necessary equipment. Okay. And this girl who's with him, one of his advisors, she's very distressed. Is the inside of this brazen bull is set up to not torture someone, but hold someone in place for insemination. Oh, I see that now. Okay. So, yes. So uh, there's, a, there's a there's something that holds the rib cage and the and, legs, the, and the manacles and, and legs. So basically, she be on her knees to take it from behind from and there's a hole in the back uh where the bull's ass would be this is for the minotaur it's for the minotaur yeah okay so uh king to, minos is losing it like to continue his now i get it i thought you know i wasn't really sure what day yeah before this was really a punch to the gut on me i was like oh that's now so that gross now that um you kind of point that out i'm just like having that same revelation going is. That's why her face. You can see the dread. She's, she's she, next. Well, she knows that if they don't find the princess, she's going to be in that bull, taking some bull. Like, yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> it's gross, but I mean, it really it really solidifies King Minos as a terrible character. You know, a person that you really love to hate. You know, or even loathe to hate because he's a, a vile human being. Yeah. Um, well, not to mention that he's standing there still naked. Yeah, just stark naked. It's cool. You know, he's King Minos. He does what he wants. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, back to the labyrinth. Uh, so back to some action. Um, Pirithos jumps through the hole and he's back to the obelisk, you know, form the line, yep. you know, pair up one with shield and the other with spear. And they're all holding out and they all look terrified. And then, um, the one Athenians, he's like, well, where the hell is it? Like, well, yeah. you know, we're just, waiting. <laughs> yeah. The monster won't come in. I, yeah. Is something prevents it from entering this area. Yeah. Or at least that's what they think. And then, um, the princess said, well, if the Minotaur is afraid of the center, maybe it won't come inside. And then, um, uh, the Athenians are like, well, what do we do? And then Perithos volunteers again to, you know, I'll go back out and see if I can draw it in. Right. And, um, our prince, uh, he's back at it, and he's like, nope, it's my turn to play the rabbit. So he he kind of walks down to the hole, and I, I love how he's uh, talking kind of to himself and just trying to make light of the situation. He's like, this will be great. <laughs> yeah, this will make a great song. Theseus was eaten and shit out by a monster. Very yep. popular, I'm, I'm sure. sure. And then, boom. There's this from, loud crash behind him. Yes. So. From behind them, uh, the wall comes crashing in, and... It turns out the Minotaur kind of knows what's going on, and it uh, has a it has a, a thinking brain because first it says something in its own language there, and then it says "Gods help me." So I mean, it it's almost like it can't control itself. I think it's that, but I also think it's more of like repeating what the victims have said in its in its labyrinth. I think it's more of like a um, like a parrot, not like a predator, like a parrot. I would I would akin it more to like uh, the predator. Okay. From like the Schwarzenegger films, okay, because you know? yep. it because it uses that to lure people. Oh, okay. So I think it like it's it's got this. It knows what to say to get people to come to it. Well, because that's what we thought in the earlier issues. Because it was they thought it was their friend, friend that but it girl. Was, uh, the but Minotaur was, when they came around the corner, they um, 
faced yeah. it for the first yeah, time. Yeah, they faced it. it it's, it's mimicking what the victims are saying because it knows that people will run to help other people. So I think that's kind of what it is doing. Well, you know, I just always notice these tears of gold coming out of its eyes. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of wondering what that's about. Not sure, but uh, it looks cool. It's really gruesome. Um, the Minotaur is very... I love how this is not a classic take on a Minotaur. No. It's, this is a really Very cool, alien-esque. Remember we said that at the beginning? Yeah. It was very alien, and now we find out that it, the, it did come from the vessel crashed here from... This is a cool, like, sword and sandal mythology book uh, disguised as a science fiction book, which I really love. It's a great take. I like I like when genres cross, and it works. And this works to the 10th degree. It's so great. They you do know, a great job. Um, Cowboys and Aliens, right? They tried, and the movie yeah, flopped. Yeah, the movie, the movie was a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, that one didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the Minotaur comes crashing through. It's behind them where they had all set up. So they're like, shit, you know, it's behind us. Everybody turn around. And then uh, the princess is a badass. She's swinging and twanging arrows at it, nails it right in one in its right eye. And then uh, as it's charging, you know, uh, Parathos and the, and the Athenians and the Cretes, they're like, brace, and they're bracing their shields. And uh, boom, it slams into them. They're holding their ground, though. Uh, they're all kind of just back against these plates and uh, pushing or repelling the Minotaur away and uh, they kind of get a little bit overzealous here even one of the Athenians goes we're doing it Parathos where and then as she says that uh, one of the Minotaur's claws comes over the plates grabs his yeah grabs one of the guys and just rips him in half like it's like oh shit yeah so gross yeah and well then, then when that happened the what's her name the blonde girl i can't remember because it was like in issue number two that they said the name and this book comes out once a month so it's like yeah. two months old so now. she gets knocked down yep. and um she's on the ground parathos trying to yep. get everybody re-established he's closed yep, the refor- cap. yep reform yep and then uh the Minotaur's thrashing, crashing around, just really just breaking their ranks. Zarathos ends up underneath one of the makeshift shields, mm-hmm. and uh, the, Boom. Min- the Minotaur stomps it, and uh, he's uh, bleeding out of his mouth. That's never a good sign. No, Theseus um, is running to him. Parathos is yelling, and he's trying to um, save his friend. He stabs the Minotaur in the leg, and then... Uh, He's like, felt that, didn't you? And he's like, if we can hurt it, we can crack. And he gets smacked by the Minotaur. I like, I kind of like that's kind of a callback to Predator too. You know, if it yep. bleeds, we could kill it. You know? <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, uh, we're moving forward. There's a lot of action happening. Get to the chopper. Yeah, pretty much. Get to the chopper. Get down. Uh, get down. They're trying to reform the ranks to. Oh, Arnold. Yeah, Arnold's great. He would make this. He would make this comic even better. Yeah. Maybe he'll be in the movie. Yeah. Oh shit! He could play one of these people. It'd he, be awesome. He could play Parathos. He could play Parathos, or he could play the Crete guy. Oh, the the Crete guy that yeah. uh, doesn't that's about like what's to, going on. Well, that's about to meet his demise. Uh, spoilers, but uh, <laughs> um, they're trying to get back in form. Um, the Athenians who've been plotting to kill the Cretes and the princess ever since uh, issue one, yep. they push the princess off of the makeshift uh, steps that they're on. Yeah, they, and she lands right in front of the Minotaur. And then... Um, Again, what's this guy's name? Dan? Dan something? 
Danton? Demathon. 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 I, can't, see, I, I can't remember his name, but uh, Demathon, he's like, why did you do that? You are thinking in full. If the Minotaur doesn't kill us, all I swear, all. And then, boom, he gets the, stabbed in the back. The Cretan stabs, or the Athenian stabs him. Stabbed right in the back from the Athenian. Which I don't understand. I don't quite understand why he did that right here in this situation. I think he just saw his moment and took it. Because... Uh, they're all in a deadly situation, and he's going to take time out of that to attack one of the guys that's... Well, if you look at his face, it's it's so emotionless. There's no yeah. there's no regret. There's no thought. It's, there's no just, this is my moment. I'm going to kill this guy because that's what I've... That's what we have talked about this whole time is killing this dude. Yep. So I think he's just... He saw his moment, and he's pulling the trigger. Yep. And it doesn't matter what happens to him after that. At least he can go down saying that he killed a Crete. Well, you know? and, and his friend's like, damn it, Timon, I said, after we dealt with the yeah, Minotaur. Yeah, and he's true. You know, it's like, you fucked up. You know, we just lost some muscle against this thing. Yep. Uh, but yeah, back to the princess. She's lying in front of the Minotaur, and she's... Uh, saying, I will not let you take me, and she's ripped off, uh, she or she's pulled out star. that gold star, which uh, she used to manipulate the labyrinth in issues two and three, and she slams it down in front of her, hoping that the Minotaur will run, or the labyrinth will react, but nothing happens, and um, the Minotaur is looking at her in the face, drooling, snarling, and she holds up the little star in, uh, in front of him, yep. in front of her, the Minotaur is literally inches from her face, or a foot from her face, and he just walks right by her so he's got some he doesn't like that star yeah he's either got some sort of attachment to it or whoever holding it is maybe like a master or something we'll have to see you know uh-huh. what i like is that you know you can see the arrow in the back of its neck there's one in its eye yeah it's uh, getting battle worn i mean you know? it's they're, like been through. you know our, our heroes are getting beaten up but they're doing some damage to it uh but yeah, uh, the Athenians saw that happen. They saw the Minotaur walk by, and he's like, "Didn't you see that? I told she was. I told you she was in league with the monster the whole time. I told you." And then, and then uh, he gets gored, uh, like straight uh, up gored, homie. As great, and just blah. And then uh, he's to thrash back gored and like forth. a matador. <laughs> yeah, he's getting thrashed back and forth. Uh, the guy's yelling at. He's him. still alive. Yeah, and he's he's basically been gored through the back. Horns come out the front. He's just hanging out like by his his chest is holding him on he's like come on stab it yeah he's on he's on the worst eight second ride of his life right here yep so um timon falls down the well the uh, deep wall it's funny though timon was like almost trying to use something or like say something and he's like the power of the and then right, right before he can finish that sentence the minutes were cracks him and he falls into the well that's in the middle of this uh, room so maybe he was trying to almost like reason with it or use the power of some sort of a call upon some god to save him yep um but uh theseus is back in action he's slashing it um i, I love this uh very uh old-timey <laughs> uh, ancient put down he's like come on you miscarriage of the gods i know like, it's great <laughs> it's great well there's a pile of bodies now and yeah the girl the up. blonde girl is underneath because she was the first to fall yeah she was the first to get knocked down and so she's underneath all that and then theseus is really trying hard to battle with this uh minotaur and she sees her opportunity yep to um get a sneak attack in there and she gets a good stab right through the the abdomen and the chest yep but then the minotaur takes one of its feet 
pins her to the ground, and then smush. Oh man, that was and so gross. It was really guttural for me too, because it was just like, oh no, like I almost had, like I had an emotional response to this page because yep. I saw it happen. Yep. And he he grabs her head, you know, or, or pushes her head to the ground, and right before you know she's looking from the side, yeah, she says Theseus, I, and I guarantee you she's gonna be like, I love you. Yep. But right before she can get out the sentence. Oh, he just finishes the step. Oh, where, smashes so her, her head into the ground. If you haven't bought this issue yet, it basically looks like um, the splat of it is red spaghetti sauce looking yeah. and then two eyeballs in the middle of it. Yep. It's really weird. It It's a great definition of the word splort. <laughs> yep. Like in in a... In a <laughs> in artistic form, yeah, it would say it would say splort yeah. or something, you know. I mean, it says crunch here, but splort would have been very good. Uh, squish, <laughs> squish would be good too. Uh, but Theseus is stunned, you know. He's just like, oh my god, you know, I were losing this battle. Yeah, and then um, Pirithos, Pirithos jumps in, you know. No, he's screaming. He slams the Minotaur against the walls. He spears it through the chest, and then uh, he, the princess rushes in she says it's wounded we must finish it now look at the agony on the minotaur's face though it's yeah. just it's just like oh it you can tell he's almost done it does realize it's losing and then um we have a nice little frame of someone's hand grabbing a sword and then the next frame jumps to the minotaur grabbing uh Perithos head and it's about to smush his face but then right as he you know it's about to smash him chop uh, Theseus jumps in and lops the Minotaur's head off in one clean swipe and wood it lands to the ground the body's laying there bloodied the battle is over for now maybe that is where our issue ends the Minotaur has seemingly been beat uh, seemingly been defeated um, so um it was, it's kind of crazy because it didn't look like that long of a sword, and I thought the Minotaur's neck would be too wide for that sword to cut it off. Right. But Hey, man, he went he went all crazy mythological hero on that thing, chopped that bitch in half. So. Yep. Uh, I love this. This is great. Yes. Uh, this Definitely is, um, my favorite comic going right now. Oh, man. I mean, from issue number one, this has been a knock out of the park. Uh, issue number two, great. Three, great. Four, you know, we're at this huge climax here of the, of the series. Yep. Hopefully. Hopefully this goes on for about eight issues. I'm feeling like we're going to wrap up in six. Uh, I don't think the Minotaur is dead, though. I really don't. No, I mean, something's going to happen. Its head's lopped off, sure, but in classic mythology... It'll grow a new one. <laughs> well, well, that, but also in classic mythology, the only way to kill the Minotaur was with its horn. You had to stab it with its, with its, with a piece of its horn. Oh, yeah, and they, they did just kind of chuck a piece of it away earlier. Yeah, in issue number one, Theseus had a piece of the horn yep. and threw it over his shoulder. Yep. So in a, in a few episodes back, jokingly, you, like, you said uh, we're, they're going to have to come back for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think they're going to have to. I think this uh, it'll either regenerate and, or something will happen. This can't be the end of the Minotaur. I mean, it was a good fight. No, and it can't Don't be because uh, it says in the um, letters page that there's two issues left. Okay, cool. So this is going to go six. So they can't go six, two more issues with no Minotaur. That would just be boring. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, or, I mean, it's time to face King Minos and 
True. Maybe see him get sucked off again. Well, I don't know, <laughs> but you know, at first I was like, God, those chicks are hot, but then you know they had weird hair styles. It was like, ew, they're not that good. Ew. ew. Uh, great book though. Yeah. I'm super happy that this is going to become a movie. I think this is this will this will really be a great um, if pulled off right. This could be a really great film, just because you're mixing the sword and sandal with the sci-fi. You know, because there is a big sci-fi element to this book. Well, and well, it's not done stupidly. Okay, so look how well Walking Dead took off Robert Kirkman behind that. If he's going to take control of the movie of this, he producing. You know, if you really that means want, it's his money behind it. Exactly, he's just throwing up the money so that they can have a budget. You know, so producer but, status. You know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, if you can get your hands on early issues of Kill the Minotaur, do it now. Yes, before 100%, the movie comes They've out. already jumped up a little bit. Uh, people are starting to list them on eBay as. TV or TV slash hot movie, you know, like new movie, so that they're already putting it into into their their uh, auctions. That this is movie. the The news is out. This is not a secret anymore. Right. Um, I've been saying it since issue number one. That this is this is a really big hit. So I'm happy to see it get further uh, further ventures, especially in a movie form. I think this will work extremely well. And uh, yeah, grab them while you can. Uh, or if you're you know not really into collecting single issues, wait for the trade. This will be a one and done trade with six issues. It'll be a great trade to buy. Oh yeah, this will be sick. I, so. You know, um, I like collecting miniseries because they're. Uh, you get the middle beginning middle and end you know they're not I don't know like action comics or Superman where you're looking at a thousand issues that right. you have to wade through yeah for the whole story you got it it's very compact I, I like that with the indies they generally they don't have uh, ongoing series uh, Walking Dead and Spawn are two that I can think of but that's it those are kind of the longest running ones yeah, yeah. I mean uh, Spawn for sure is one of the longest running ones you know they're up to over 200 issues almost 300 now aren't they yeah like 260 270 yeah and in, in the in the um, comic book is 25 years old yeah it's crazy because um, that's what's going on right now with Image with all these new titles is they're they're really trying to show that they've been they're a force to be reckoned with they've been around 25 years 25 now 25 years baby so they should be kind of seen as one of the big dogs which and we generally gravitate towards image books not uh not by choice just by well actually uh, by choice because of the titles well by choice for sure but it didn't happen that way though i mean it's not like we're like we only read image books no it's just it happened that way because image puts out quality books yeah i'm finding aftershock putting out a lot of good stuff Mm -hmm. um i would agree Boom Studios has done a few. Boom Studios is, uh, they're a little bit more fledgling. Um, Yep. They, I think they do walk a fine line between adult books and books that are meant for kids because, you know, they do like Lumberjanes and things like that. So So they have a lot of, they have a lot in their wheelhouse where Image usually kind of sticks to mature titles. For sure. Um, Aftershock, of course, making waves. That's very mature stuff. Uh, God, what else was I thinking of? Um, IDW, I haven't heard anything in a long time. IDW is a little weird. Um, IDW, I applaud what they're doing though, because they have uh, Star Wars comics now. They have yep. uh, the Star Wars Adventure comics. Yep. Um, but they have weird licenses too, though. They have TMNT. Yeah. Um, uh, they have uh, He Man and Thundercats and like. See, they, I'm reading. I'm reading stuff. Ninja Turtles in trade, and it's good. Oh yeah, I absolutely. It. I mean, there's another. Re- you know, that's a long going comic as well. So. Yeah, it 
it was pro- I don't know 10 years yeah probably That's for this for this line the run IDW of it. run yeah yeah there I mean obviously the original run was uh, long and uh, the spawn of the of the cartoon right but uh yeah, uh, actually, Oni Press is starting to put out more stuff again when they weren't really for a long time. Yeah, and they kind of just put out a book here and there, but they're starting to make way, uh, you know, make blips on the radar again. I think Made Men was a, a, a good jump for them. Yeah, um, I was really surprised by that issue. I really liked Made Men. Just yeah. thought it was cool. Are you going to keep going with that Kingsman series? No, no, no. Because the maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't even buy it. I bought it. I got a gold foil. You did? Yeah. Cause I did buy I did buy a gold foil cover. Because now that that, it's cool. that new Kingsman movie, different storyline, but it's coming out, might be uh, worth it to pick just some of those Just came out, up. actually, I think. Did just it? came out Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Looks cool. Uh, I think the new movie deserves to be seen just because the first one was so good, but yep. it, I heard it didn't get the best reviews. I heard it was fun, mm-hmm. but they said, but they said it like it lacked originality from the first one. But yeah. how do you build on? I mean, the first one was really great. Like, yeah, they knocked it out of the park on that one. So it's it's up to it's a they they set a really high benchmark for them to jump. Sure. But, uh, yeah. I just don't remember who put that out. Kingsman, What's that? The Kingsman comic. Oh, that was Mark Millar. Okay. Mark Millar. He did like Kick Ass. Yep. 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 That's right. Yep. And then Mark Millar's comic company, Millar World, got bought up by Netflix, but Kingsman and uh, Kick-Ass did not come with the deal because they were already, they were already, already licensed. In the, in the work, yeah. Yeah, they were already made into films, made into franchises. But yeah, there's a lot on the horizon for indie books. Uh, Netflix buying Millar World is a great move for them. They can make so much content. There's so much things that they can just, they have. Yeah. They just make them. Yeah, Netflix, uh, I think... Um, if it ever wanted to, could get into the comic book um, game, and as a label, you know, as yep. a, as a producer. Netflix comics, they could yeah. they could make Stranger Things comics. I'd read in a heartbeat. Yep. I think it's also the buying of Millar World and that and that comic distributor. Yeah. Is not just to make comics, not just to make shows, but I think that's an investment in Netflix's future. Yeah. Because now we know that. Disney is doing their own streaming service. Really? Yeah, Disney's going to do their own streaming service, and they told Netflix that, sorry, but we're going to pull... Pull all our stuff. We're going to pull our Star Wars from Netflix, and we got our own thing. And that also leaves us in the unknown for the Netflix Marvel series, because Disney owns Marvel. Oh. So why would Disney let... Netflix do Marvel do Marvel shows and not put out their own Marvel shows on their own streaming service. That's true. So I think there might be the end of the Netflix Marvel universe. I, I think we're going to sure. see the end of Daredevil, s- the end of Punisher. I don't see it going on any further once Netflix gets their streaming service up. I think... Uh Actually, I hope that Netflix can recover from losing a lot of uh, but content. I think, I think they will. I think that's that was another uh, not forcing of the hand to buy Millar World, but I think that was the business investment of we'll still get comic shows out of this, but yeah, if they're not going to be Marvel, yeah, which is okay because a lot of people see through the corporate or see through the corporate bullshit of marvel and dc so they're like looking for something well and more. Netflix has done a great job to distance themselves from um not telling cookie cutter stories but telling real gritty stories with jessica jones and luke cage and daredevil especially daredevil and punisher looks amazing like the way that they're playing I can't wait to see it it looks awesome yeah and uh, they keep not releasing a release date which pisses me off maybe it's because of this that it's going to be out on 
uh, well, D- Disney's own streaming service. And well, that said, it just says 2017, and Disney doesn't have that in the pipe arc till like 2018. Uh, but on the trailer, it's got like a military redacted, you know what I mean? Like yep. where it's blacked out on a letter or something yep. for the first month and date or you know month or day and month does it and then and then it says the year in 2017 well there's only like three or four months left guys you only got three or four months left to drop it why don't you just tell me when the hell it comes out i know but i think that's uh um what i think is going to happen i think they're just going to drop it and tell nobody yeah like they're not going to tell a single soul that they dropped it they're not going to give us a release date just one random day at 2 a.m they're just gonna be like it's on. Yep. And then someone's going to find it and be like, oh, shit. It's out. out. And then they can play up this whole, like, military information leak, you know. You know. That's a cool angle. That's a, That'd be a great PR move for them. I mean, see how fast the internet uh, takes it, you know. I mean, it would be, uh, it would, everybody would be watching it within five, ten minutes. Yeah. But it would be fun. Just let the fans discover it and let the internet go a buzz of, you know, people texting. It's free advertising. You, yep. gotta, you, you pay no one for that. Everyone would text their friends, dude, Punisher's out. Like, yep. you know? Yeah. And then next, Netflix can play it in their PR move of, of this whole, they're playing that whole military uh, redacted information. Just call it a military yep. information leak. Yep. That would be cool. That would be awesome. Well, it has been a good time reviewing these comics it has been a good time man it was a good show yeah um, for sure hopefully next week uh, I'll be over my cold sorry about all the coughing out there for people who are listening and hearing me you savage son of a bitch I, I didn't want to uh, miss putting out a show this week we have been on our game as far as getting a show out every week except for that for, week that I had Ebola no but a show still came out <laughs> a show still came out thanks yeah. to you it's yep yeah. it's a so, lovely wife ish, ish, weird issue no, episode 12 right here oh man so uh, I feel so accomplished god what have I done with my life up until this point I don't know but we we started in July I looked back on it so yeah so it's gonna be cool we could do a cool Halloween uh, special like we only read like supernatural stuff maybe for Halloween we'll see we what comes out cool hopefully some ho- there, com- ha- for the past like five ten years hollow uh, the comic industries have been doing halloween comic fest so maybe we'll actually get some uh, scary books yeah and then uh, some of the scary books that they released have been so cheesy. stupid though well, some of them are like japanese books that are just like translated into english and they're just like weird and i'm like eh, <laughs> i guess that's cool i guess so so yeah guys uh, go out and pick up kill kill the mentor as fast as you can before they're skyrocket even further uh dark arc issue number one uh definitely a great read uh Snot Girl. Snot Girl has been a fantastic read. Alien Toilet Monsters, that is completely up to you and yep. personal preference. Us, not so much. You may like it. You've heard our opinion. Yes. Go out and make your own. Yes, indeed. But thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, uh, for Smash and Grab to- Comics, I've been JP. And I th- think... Still Tyler? I think so. Last time I checked. All right. All right. See you later. Bye.